0: to look at our articles of faith and the subject of the true God this afternoon. Maybe we'll finish it up. Maybe we'll have to wait till next week to finish it up. That is the true God, not not the articles of faith. We'll we'll be in this sometime unless the Lord leads us to go somewhere else first of all we believe that there is one and only one and true God an infinite intelligent all knowing spirit sovereign whose name is Jehovah the creator and supreme ruler of heaven and earth inexpressibly glorious in holiness and worthy of all possible honor, confidence, and love, that in the unity of the Godhead, there are three divine persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, equal in every divine perfection, and executing distinct but harmonious offices in the great work of redemption looking at the worthy of all possible honor that's where we've gotten to having concluded that he is the creator the supreme ruler of heaven and earth and inexpressibly Glorious in holiness. He is worthy of all possible honor, confidence, and love. Worthy. He's worth it. He's do it. Of all possible honor and Seems like we've been dealing much lately on the subject of honor. But as we said this morning, as we said last week, the word honor goes to value. What do you value? He is of the utmost value. He is of the greatest value. And he's worthy of that honor. He's worthy of our trust, our confidence, our being fully persuaded. And he's worthy of love, not human love, as we have affectionate love one human being to another human being but of divine love agape he is worthy because he is worth it in value of our confidence and of our sacrificial love, what do we sacrifice for the Lord? What do we sacrifice for God? What do we sacrifice for the Lord Jesus Christ it? Yeah. We should be sacrificing everything for him because he's worth it. With me the book of Jeremiah, Chapter two. Jeremiah chapter two and verses 12 and 13 be astonished heavens at this and be horribly afraid be ye very desolate saith the Lord for my people My people, his people, his chosen ones, have committed two evils. Not just one evil, but two evils. They have forsaken me. (laughs) They have turned aside from me. They've not counted me worthy. They've not counted me of great value. They're not trusting, They're not fully persuaded in me. They're not giving to me sacrificial love. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. He is the source. He is the wellspring of life eternal. How can how can how can you turn away from him? How can, how can you not honor him? How do you, how can you not count him on, worthy? All honor. Much less your trust. Your sacrificial love. And hewn them out cisterns, wells. Broken cisterns, broken wells that can hold no water they have no water and you're turning aside from me the wellspring of eternal life unto that which has no water that was God's charge against against Israel and Judah they're both guilty of turning from Him, of forsaking Him, of not giving the honor that He was worthy of, not giving to Him their trust and their confidence in Him. You see, when you're fully persuaded in something, when you're fully trusting in something, you you give them that honor. You, You give them that sacrificial love. Turn with me the book of Matthew Matthew in chapter 10 and verse 37 Matthew 10:37 He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me Now, you know he's not telling them not to honor their father and their mother. For that would go contrary to his word. He's not going contrary to what his word has said. What he's saying is, we ought to give him more honor than we do our father and mother. He's deserving of more honor than our father and mother. Did your father or mother provide you eternal life? Did they provide their own begotten son to give his life a ransom by dying at Calvary's cross, being buried, and rising again? God did. God did. Praise God he gave to me a godly father and mother who tried to teach me and show me the ways of God but they did not provide eternal life for me. God did. God did that when He loved me with an everlasting love. He provided for my redemption. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Well, we know that He's not telling us we shouldn't love our children that would be unnatural we're to love our children and how much are we to love our children we're to love our children so much that we bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord that we teach them everything that is necessary for this life and for eternal life But we're to love Him. We're to love God more than our children. And how many times are we, the people of God, guilty of putting mother or father or son or daughter before God? showing that we love mother or father or son or daughter and honor them more than we do God. How so? This is our statement and our doctrine of faith, our articles of faith. Turn with me to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 4... Verse 11 is what I really want. But let's read verse 10 along with it. The 4 and 20 elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord. To receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure. For thy will. For thy desire. They are and were created. All things. (laughs) The heavens and the earth. And all that is in the heavens. All that is in the earth, all that is in the seas, created for His honor, for His glory, to give Him honor and to give Him glory. Now, some of you probably heard me say that the earth and the, the heavens and, and the all—all all this was created ultimately for for man. It was. Created for our life and for our sustenance. You read the 136th Psalm. 21, 22 verses, something like that. And every verse ends up with the mercy of the Lord endureth forever. And it goes through there the list of creation. And for His mercy and forever. It's the mercy of God. (laughs) His creation is. But but it was all, it was all, everything was created to give honor and glory and praise to him. And as I said last week, say it again this week. Don't you find it strange? Don't you find it a solemn thought? that all his creation. The heavens all is in the earth and in the seas except man Obey Bring honor and glory unto him. Brother Titus preached a series of thought-provoking messages about the purpose of coming into the house of the Lord is to honor and glorify the Lord. And every service that we come into the house of the Lord, we ought to come in with the mind And the attitude of honor and glorifying the Lord. Do we do that? Do we do that? Is that at the forefront and thought of our mind? He's worthy of it. He's worthy of it by virtue of the fact He is our creator. And we were created to praise Him. you want to know why you were saved it wasn't to go to heaven you were saved saved to glorify him you were saved to honor and glorify the Lord do we do it to get that thought in our hearts and our minds, so that we, and it needs to be the ruling thought in our hearts and minds, so that every day, that is the thought, that is the preeminent thought of our mind, to bring honor and glory, praise on Him. We were created. Why? Because he desired to create us he desired to make us so. Well, moving on, he's worthy he's worthy of it in the unity of the Godhead. Or we could label this the triune God. The triune God is unified, that is, they are one. We say in the unity of the Godhead there are three divine persons the Father, the Son, In the Holy Spirit, we read in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, in verse 19, in the Great Commission, that we are to baptize in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, showing three in one they're listed there as three but there is one there is one in the salvation of that individual they're they're picturing in baptism the death burial and of the lord jesus christ death burial and resurrection of the lord jesus christ and, and and they're 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 showing their identity they're identifying with that with the lord in That. Turn with me to the Book of John, the Book of John and Chapter Fifteen, John Chapter Fifteen and Verse Twenty Six. Notice what Jesus says here to his church, to the eleven, the Eve before his crucifixion <clears throat> But when the comforter is come, who's the comforter? Holy Spirit? But when the comforter is come. Whom I will send unto you from the Father. I'm going to send him unto you. And I'm going to send him from the Father. Even the Spirit of truth. Which proceedeth from the Father. He shall testify of me. Here we see the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. To be with you. He's coming from the Father. He's the Spirit of Truth. And He's going to testify of me. We see, we see three distinct persons in one work. One God. One Lord. And one Savior of us all. In the book of 1 Corinthians... 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and that great well-known chapter that is so many are disillusioned by that is they go astray on it because they don't interpret it according to the text but in the subject of gifts here, verse four says in chapter 12 of First Corinthians, "Now there are diversities of gifts, just meaning there are several different gifts, all kinds of different gifts. But the same spirit, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God. And there are differences of administrations. But the same Lord. (laughs) We have the same Spirit. The Holy Spirit. We have the same Lord. Whose Lord? Who'd God make Lord? Jesus Christ. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are diversities of operations. But it is the same God. Which worketh all in all. Here we have God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. And they're one. And they're working in us. These gifts. Not all the same gifts in one individual. But giving gifts of differing kinds to several different members in the body of Christ. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, chapter 13, and verse 14. 2 Corinthians, 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. You see, you see the, 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 the Holy Spirit leads us in fellowship, leads us in fellowship with the Father and with the Son. A good example is 1 John chapter 1 fellowship. If the Holy Spirit indwells us, and the redeemed of the Lord, He indwells. We, in another place, we're told that uh, Jesus told His, uh, the 11, that we will come and abide with you, the Father, the Son, and the holy spirit we will come and abide with you we will come and dwell in you you see represented in the holy spirit is the triune god father son and holy spirit they are in us first john chapter 5 first john chapter 5 and looking at verse 7. First John 7, 4. there are three that bear record in heaven, bear witness that bear testimony in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. These three. Father, Son. Father, Word. And Holy Ghost. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We know the Word. Was Jesus Christ. The Son of God. And they are bearing record. What are they bearing witness to? What are they bearing testimony of? Well, the preceding verses That we are the sons of God. You see, bear witness. One. Three per- distinct persons, but acting as one. Why? Why are three giving record, giving witness, giving testimony? Because all three instrumental. Their salvation. Praise God. God the Father chose me before the foundation of the earth to be in Christ. Christ came, died, gave his life for me, for my sin on the cross of Calvary. Calvary, the Holy Spirit made it effectual in my heart, my life. Now, moving on. These three, they're in unity. They're working as one. If they're working as one and they're in unity, then they are equal. They are equal in every divine perfection. Turn with me to the book of, of John, chapter 5, and verse 17, and when we get into the fifth chapter, we'll be in a couple of weeks of John in the morning when we get into the fifth chapter of the book of John you'll find that these words of Jesus Christ angered the Pharisees they upset the Jews they despised him these words not only these here in in John chapter 5 but also in John chapter 10 but verse 17 it said, but Jesus answered them My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. Why would that anger the Jews? My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. (laughs) Equal with the Father. The works that the Father do are the works that I do. Let's see if that's not so. therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath but said also that God was his father making himself equal with God (laughs) you see they understood what he was proclaiming to them in John chapter 10 and verse 30, a short verse there, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. He's trying to show the power by which, which we're kept. <laughs> we're in Him. We're in His hand. And we're in the Father's hand and no man can pluck us out of the Father's hand. And then He says, I and my Father Are one. We're equal. We're equal in work. We're equal in thought. We're equal in task. We're we equal in purpose. He said. Fourteenth chapter. The fourteenth chapter of the book of John. And look with me at verse twenty three. Jesus answered and said unto him if a man love me he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him that's the verse I was referencing earlier just getting ahead of myself make our abode. We will make our abode with Him. Chapter 17 in verse 5 Jesus said, And now O Father calling Him Father equal glorify thou me with thine own Self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. It's, you see the equality of the Father and the Son? Equal. Turn with me to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 5 and look with me at verses 3 and 4. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? why it Was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. You see, God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, being one, are equal. You lied to the Holy Spirit, you've lied to God. You've lied to, actually, as God is represented by God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, you've lied to the triune God. You see, 1 Corinthians. Chapter 2. And look with me at verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God... For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. They are God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are one. They are equal. And all divine perfections. One more passage on this subject, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Verse 5 reads, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of thought of not robbery, to be equal with God. (laughs) you need to get any plainer than that? Jesus Christ did not get foreign or earthly or robbery, robbing God of any glory to be equal with God because he was equal with God. One more, and we can finish up this the true God. The triune God. They're in unity, they're one God, three distinct persons working. Divine and glorious works equal our doctrine of faith goes, says execute instinct, but harmonious, harmonious goes along with when, when a group is singing. You love that perfect harmony, but when one is out of harmony with the rest of oh, all, it's not good. Not so with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are executing distinct but harmonious offices in the great work of redemption. Ephesians chapter two. In verse 10, not verse 10, verse 18. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. We are the redeemed of the Lord. We have access, we have access to the Heavenly Father. This is <laughs> a distinct in harmonious office by distinct persons and it's by the Holy Spirit of it's because of the Lord Jesus Christ and his spirit indwelling us we now have access unto the Father we already read for you in 2nd Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14 the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Amen. He continues to be with us. Glad that all three continue to be with us. The Father has not forsaken us, the Son will not forsake us, and the Holy Spirit will not forsake us. And they all three are working together to bring us, to bring us to that state, to that state of completion when we're in our glorified state. Praise God. That's what we're looking for, is it not? Turn with me lastly to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation chapter 1. (coughs) Revelation chapter 1 verses 4 and 5. To the seven churches which are in Asia. To the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace be unto you and peace from Him which is, which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne and Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood here we have all three Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Don't let that seven spirits throw you. There is one Holy Spirit. But He is present with each of the seven churches. That this letter was true. The seven churches. To all the churches today. One Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Of God, but. Ministering in all. The churches. That. Up to God. So we have the Father. The Son. And the Holy Spirit. Father represented by. That which is. And was. And is to come, but it's representative of all three. All three persons being in unity as one, being equal. It's a soul of all three. Our God, true God, existed ever an eternal being in three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for all eternity. Always has been, always is, and always will be the true and living God. And we Privileged to be loved by Him because of that great love wherewith He loved us, He's been merciful. Grace has saved us. Praise Praise God. And as we read in scriptures, as we're studying in Sunday school, two great kings who were high on themselves, were proud of themselves, proud of who they were, proud of what kingdom they had built, came to know the true and living God. And they confessed him as the true and living God. They were idol worshipers. They were worshipers of that which did not live. But they came to know God, they came to know the true God. We can be so thankful that we have come to know the true and living God. He lives in us. We live in Him. And one day, we will be with Him for eternity. Shall we stand?